Greetings and salutations to you all. This is Dee Dee Moonflyer. Welcome to Twilight Tonic, your weekly voyage to points distant and parts unknown. We'll discuss all things paranormal, spiritual, weird, and wonderful. So if you're ready, grab your favorite tonic, your best comfy chair, and let's begin. Twilight Tonic, we have the most amazing guest, and tonight is Bill Selvin. He has 30 years plus experience. He is a parapsychologist, and he's getting his PhD in that, folks. Pretty amazing. He is the new shock jock on the Travel Channel and the Devil's Academy. And on top of that, in March, he was on American Paranormal Magazine, featured in that magazine, by the way, on the cover. And he is also the regional director of the Southeast U.S., the Warren Legacy Foundation for Paranormal Research, the founder and lead investigation at Paranormal Exist Research Society, and owner and operator of Paranormal Existence. How are you tonight, Bill? Good. Thank you for having me on. I heard through the grapevine that you're writing a book. (laughs) Yes, I'm I'm working on it. I, I originally started one. Uh, probably about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I kind of pushed that to the side for what I'm doing with this one. So this one is going to be more of like, I guess you could say like a memoir or something. It's going to be about how I got started, everything I've done up to this point, you know, over my 35 years. So it's going to be interesting. I, I finally decided to put it together and I want to get it done and out hopefully by the end of this year. Wow. This is going to be cool. I can't wait. Was this- it's yeah, it's definitely interesting. I, I've I've never written a book before, so it was taking me a little extra time. Right. So these are going to be about your childhood experiences. Um, yes. Yeah, because you had a lot of them, and that's what brought you to doing all of this paranormal research, correct? Yeah, I had. I didn't have a lot, a lot of experience. Well, I did, but I just didn't know a lot of what they were. I didn't know back then I was an empath because at that time, nobody really talked about it. So there was a lot of stuff that I was experiencing that I didn't know what it was. (laughs) And it made me start to research and, and, you know, try to get into it. It was, it was tough back then to get into it. You know, a lot of people, yeah, weren't talking about it and everything. Yeah. See, I was so lucky because I was raised in that. My mom was like. And Edgar Casey, all of that, meditations, talking to spirits. She was so much into that, that our experiences were taught, hey, that's just normal kid. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. Well, I was raised Catholic and nobody really talked about this. And my mother, I always joke to this day, I don't think believes it, even after what I've been doing for 35 years. Oh, gosh. I still don't think she fully believes. <laughs> so- <laughs> You were raised Catholic. I was too, also, until I was 13. And then my mom's like, as long as you're spiritual, I don't care what you believe in. Just be a good person. But obviously, 
most parents being straight Catholic would never say anything like that. <laughs> right. They weren't, my family wasn't strict Catholics, but they definitely wouldn't really encourage that. I mean, you know, I know she got all mad at me when she called me with a Ouija board when I was young <laughs> one time, you know, <laughs> they weren't really into that. They didn't, you know, it wasn't really talked about. I didn't tell them how much I, I was researching and what I was doing about it because it was just at that point, it wasn't, you know, they were just going to get mad. So, or say right. I was crazy. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more on the crazy side. <laughs> so, Bill, talk about a little bit of your adventures. Like you've had so many. What are some of the ones that, gosh, in this paranormal world of yours, what is some that stick <laughs> out for you? Well, you know, it's funny. A, a lot of times I talk about the same couple cases because they're the ones that stick out the most but mm -hmm. i'll tell you what i don't talk about a lot is the good ones because those are always the bad ones uh -huh. the good ones i mean the just the the excitement you see in people yes. when you can either tell them it's nothing or you can help them get rid of whatever it is um anytime working with a family that has kids when, because kids are frightened out of their minds, you know, if, if they're involved in it, sometimes they don't know, but if they're involved in it and they're seeing things or hearing things and the parents sometimes maybe make it a little worse <laughs> for them than, right. uh, than it should be, um, you know, to be able to help them is one of the things that has made me continue doing what I do. Um, there was a, there was a case in, I, I had in New Jersey a long, long time ago. And this was different. You know, we went in and the, the family was saying things like they're, they're seeing things, they're, they're, um, they're, they're getting headaches, they're getting nauseous, and it's starting to affect everybody in the house. Everybody agreed to all of these things, which is kind of unusual. A lot of times you go into a home and one person is like, yeah, I didn't really see anything, but I believe her, you know, or, uh -huh. you know, or something like that, or, or it only was affecting one person or part of the family. But this was like the whole family were all saying the same things, which made me really interested in this case. And when we went in, found nothing. I mean, we were there. We went back a couple times um, with a, a couple of people I was working with up there and we couldn't find anything. We got nothing. No. And I'm an empath. And this mm -hmm. person was a psychic and oh, wow. they were getting nothing in the house. So I was really confused. Like I, I didn't think the whole family can have a mental illness. You know, we deal with that a lot, but never a whole family. Um, and it was, it was, you know, a, a husband and a wife and three kids and, and a grandmother. And they all were saying the same exact things, but they all kept focusing on the living room. So the third time we actually went back and I had uh, my friend, uh, somebody I knew that works out in the field of electronics and, and things back then. He had some real field meters for EMF and he brought them in and I said, let's just check something. And we went down in the basement and there was the few, you know, the whole fuse box and all the electrical. And it was putting out more EMF than I've ever seen in my life. And it was, the guy said that, most of their cables weren't shielded and all that. So the problem is if you do a lot of research on EMF, you'll find out that it causes hallucinations, nausea, headaches, right. everything that they were complaining about. And it was all right under the living room. 
So, yeah, these are now they had to spend a lot of money (laughs) to get this (laughs) fixed, but they were so happy after they fixed it. Never, never had an issue again. So, those are the things that people, you know, a lot of people who maybe learn, you know, from watching TV shows, which I have no problem. I love all the shows, you know, I watch them myself, but. There's some things that if you're going to go in and do residential cases into people's homes, there's a lot more you have to learn about than just looking for a ghost. You know, you should right. be looking for everything right. else first. I mean, if if you got any other team that went in there that maybe didn't know about things like that, just from what the people say, because they could be so, you know, serious and, and so convincing of what they're experiencing that it could make you make the actual team member even manifest something when they're using equipment. Right. You know, because they're so believing there's something there and they want to find it that sometimes they could bring it themselves. So Mm -hmm. there is a lot of different things. So, I mean, that's, you know, the, again, after they cleaned everything up with the electric, I had gone back (laughs) months later and the family was so much happier. Yeah. And they were so much happier. The kids were excited. They were, you know, it's a, it's a really rewarding thing in a way when you see what happens with the families, you know? Um, So there's, I mean, there's a lot of cases I've done. I don't even know anymore. I still tell people over five or 600 cases I've done. I'm I'm not even sure how many, (laughs) you know, that that's but, a uh, lot of cases. Yes, yes. A lot, of and I—that's I, just an estimate, <laughs> a little estimate. I don't—I don't really know how many. It's probably more. Now, Bill, you mentioned when somebody wants something so bad that they can't actually manifest something. Mm-hmm. How many times yes. do you think you've seen that? A lot. Um, you know. Especially, like I said, like now with, you know, all the TV shows out there and everything, yeah. there's so much for people to watch and the internet, you know, and everybody's on YouTube and TikTok. And, you know, the problem is, especially on things like TikTok and you know, some of YouTube and everything is, is a lot of misinformation out there. Um, and, you know, people also, there, there's so much you can do to fool people now. Yeah, there is. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yes. That there's. There's a lot of misinformation. And then the problem is if somebody's home and let's say they're home by themselves and they just watched, you know, four hours of ghost adventures and <laughs> it's, you know, it's one o'clock in the morning and they're home alone, the slightest little sound is going to freak them out. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it's like anything, you know, what it is, it, it's like another form of an anxiety attack, I would say, because an anxiety attack comes over you and it's, it's your mind kind of, you know, tricking your body. so you have to try to control your mind and fix it to, you know, believe that this is okay. I'm not going to die from this. And it's the same type of thing. They get so obsessed with, Oh my God, it's a ghost. It's a demon. It's something that their energy causes more noises and more things to happen. And it, it does happen a lot, you know, even in a regular like situation where maybe there is something there, people can manifest additional things because they get so obsessed with it that it, it causes them to just nonstop thinking and worrying and being scared. And it, it will cause other things, you mm. know, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, if you're home alone and you hear a noise and you get freaked <laughs> out for a second, you're going to hear a million other noises going on. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yes. And that's so easy to do when you're alone too. Yes. 
I've gotten kind of used to it, you know, after so many years of doing this. Right. uh, It's got to be something really bad to kind of freak me out. (laughs) Well, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. When we do, with all of the stuff I've heard and seen in my lifetime, I don't get freaked out that easily. Right. But when I do, it's overboard. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh. You know what I, yeah. Well, what I tell people is, um, most of the time when I go out on, you know, let's say public investigations, there's very little that has ever scared me out on a public investigation, even being mm-hmm. pushed to the ground and knocked over. And, you know, uh, yeah, never really been scratched, but I've been like hit and knocked. And even that you kind of get used to. I know that right. they can't really do that much damage, but anytime I'm called into a demonic case, there's anybody who says that they are not scared of a demonic case. They're lying or they've never been on one because every one of them are frightening because you have no idea what to expect, what could happen. You, you just like, it's like a ticking time bomb, you know? Right. Now, Bill, out of curiosity, from my understanding, real demonic, oh, I can't even talk. <laughs> <laughs> real demonic cases are very rare, correct? Yes, I've I've been involved in about six or seven fully confirmed. And then I don't even know how many a good a a good amount of very dark cases that could have been because there's multiple stages of like demonic possession. And when it's in the infestation stage, a lot of them can be conceived as a haunting and they they can you can actually get rid of it and it without having to do like any kind of full on exorcisms, just sometimes even a little deliverance or a, uh, a minor rite of exorcism in the home, or even sometimes just blessings and stuff can help get rid of that. But, um, but they are very, very rare. And the actual full on possession is even more rare. You know, when you hear these exorcists and demonologists being involved in so many cases, it's, it's a little different because, that's their specialty and that's kind of everything they're pulled into. Mm-hmm. So they're going to get more than like most normal people would, because very rare you happen onto a case that's demonic. I've had two, wow. you know, and it's, yeah. <laughs> one way I think I, I might, I don't know if I talked about it on, on the other show, I don't but know. one was that my would be scary. I mean, I'd be very frightened. My, my first case, <laughs> my first residential case, was a demonic case where somebody got fully attacked and it, it most people would have run and probably never done this again. <laughs> you know, it made me more curious. <laughs> wow. Did it harm? I mean, what was that like? I can't even imagine. In <laughs> well, a million what happened? Years. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Like I said, this was in, I believe it was 1989 and you know, it wasn't talked about much back then. It wasn't like something that was out there. It was very hard to find people. That's why I was doing stuff on my own and cemeteries and any place I could find to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one of my friends knew some other people and they needed an extra guy for an investigation that night uh, because one of their guys was sick. So I went with them and they didn't know anything. All they, they had never been to the house. All they knew was the ladies was experiencing a bunch of things, things moving and the thing that she was really frightened. So we were going to check it out. Um, we we were not there long. I mean, we walked in. 
uh, to the main part of the house, like right through the front door until like they had like a foyer. And within two minutes, we ran out of the house, all three of us. And we were nauseous. I thought we were all going to, you know, throw up outside. We were nauseous. And um, it was weird because I didn't, it wasn't, wasn't really like a really strong odor of anything. Mm-hmm. So right away I started thinking it could be carbon monoxide. Something made us sick, you know, and I didn't really smell much. So we kind of gathered ourselves, went back in, didn't smell anything, didn't feel nauseous after that. So we're like, okay, we went through into the, the living room to get started, but we already had the lights off. And, you know, again, this is way back. So my friend had a big shoulder mounted camera and, you know, and, we weren't even in there five minutes and he screamed like I've never heard. And we, you know, grabbed the lights. He threw his camera lens first to the ground and he ripped his shirt off over his head and in the back of his neck from his, his uh, neck all the way down to his spine. He had three razor like, uh, you know, scratches Mm -hmm. and they were bleeding. They were brand new scratches bleeding. You know, I always tell people if that was like today and I didn't know these people like that, I would have assumed they're setting it up, you know, maybe for some kind of crazy story. But, you know, this was not talked about. This was not something that was pre-done. There's no way they could have done this. There's no way he, they were perfectly straight scratches, scratches. And the thing was, it wasn't until years later when I started learning about demonology that I learned the difference between a demon scratch and a, and a scratch that you may do to yourself or, you know, people believe they get scratched by a ghost. Sometimes it's hard to tell because it's usually at night while they're sleeping, you know, and they could have done it to themselves. But the difference is when a demon scratches, they say that it's believed that it is like a razor. And that's what this was. It wasn't like a wide scratch. Like if you grabbed your, your fingernail and ran right. it down your arm, it was literally like a straight razor down the back. You know, and it was in threes. Everything with demonic is done in threes. So it was things I later on made me put everything together. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, we knew it was demonic. They they had to get a a priest to come back. And and, uh, uh, I wasn't there for that part, unfortunately, at the time. Right. Um, But they had gotten a priest involved. And I I think they did a minor right of exorcism on the house and, and got it all cleared up. But yeah, a lot of people would have run, and I'll be honest with you, it made me have a million questions. Wow, like, I bet. why, why did it attack him? Why did it not attack me or the other guy? You know, I wasn't well protected then because I didn't know a lot about protection. You know, so now I do, <laughs> but right. back then, I, you know, it, it it just opened my eyes a little bit. To I was, don't get me wrong, I was frightened out of my mind, <laughs> and I will never mm-hmm. forget it as long as I live. But um, it it made me wanna wanna learn and wanna help. Now, you said that for some reason, anything dynamic that you have run into, mm-hmm. they always scratch. They always do things in threes. Is that to make fun of the Trinity? Yeah, it's you know. Again, it also depends on what type of demonology you're studying. I mean, there is okay. a lot out there. Um, I don't want to say the main one, but most of what people study is a lot of Catholic demonology and everything in there is believed that that's what they are doing there. You know, they're mocking the Holy Trinity. It's usually you'll hear three knocks, you know, Mm -hmm. three scratches. Everything is usually done in threes as, as you know, everything I've learned (laughs) and witnessed. I've witnessed a lot of it. So yeah, that's, that's what I fully believe. 
I always found that really interesting. And I've talked to more than one person that has had this happen. The three knocks on the window. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's usually at the very beginning, you start getting three knocks and three. Yeah. I always tell people, if you get three knocks, ignore it, tell it to go away. Yeah. <laughs> don't give it the energy it wants because that's yeah, what it don't wants. Don't start asking who it is. <laughs> don't say, come in. Don't look. Ignore it. <laughs> And my mom used you know, to ignore it. <laughs> you know, it's funny when I, I had a case in uh, in Boca. Um, the girl believed there was a demon and uh, it, w- it wasn't a demon. There was definitely something there, you know. Um, but the funny part about it was when we were, I was in her room and whatever it was, was only in her room because it, w- it was crazy. We, when I went into this house, the house was a big you know, multi-million dollar mansion. It wow. was a beautiful home. She lived with her family. You know, she was about 22. Um, the family was very nice. Every, the house was so light, like, and welcoming. And I was really mm-hmm. confused, you know. Um, then I walked into her room and it felt like somebody was sitting on my shoulders. It was so heavy in her room. Um, and, you know, when we go in, we don't just cleanse. We we teach the family how to cleanse because mm-hmm. it's their situation. They need to learn how to take care of it and they need to know what to do to keep it from coming back. Right. You know, so a lot of people don't do that. You got to really show them what to do. Um, and she was a little funny though. She, uh, <laughs> she, she was, she wanted to lay on her bed and I told her, you can tell whatever it is, get out. I don't want you here. You're not welcome here. I said, don't be rude, you know, but just tell it straight and let it know you're in control. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, you could do that anytime. So she started, I started showing her about, you know, saging. I started doing it and she was laying there and she, she started talking and she was kind of yelling, you know, get out. I don't want you here. And I'm like, okay. okay. And she, st- <laughs> she just like lost it a little bit. And she's like, I'm stronger than you. Show yourself. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. no, no. That is not what you want to say. I said, last thing you ever want to do is say that. Believe me, because you don't know what it is yet. And you definitely don't want it to come out and show itself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's limits. <laughs> and she would have hers right after it showed it. So. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I think but, some uh, people don't understand that. Not everything's human. Yeah. There are yeah. other elements out there and mm-hmm. if they show themselves and we're not used to the way they look. I mean, that could, that could be potentially petrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the TV shows do push demons a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so to, I mean, you could go on a million YouTube channels and they got videos going, you know, uh, actual demon captured. No, <laughs> I can tell you the actual demon was not captured I, without even watching it, you know. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. <laughs> and, but, yeah. Uh, and from my understanding, demons feel very differently than any other entity you could possibly run into. Yeah. And from the ones, the, from the, the cases I've experienced like that, um, they like to use, you know, a, a spirit does the same thing too. They do, like, if we talk about, one of the things I talk about a lot in my lectures and things, and I just had a podcast with the Warrens recently about evidence, mm-hmm. orbs. Uh, you know, people hate me when I start talking about orbs and teaching them that most of it is dust and pollen. Right, and yeah, I agree. You know, yeah. 
yeah, you know, it, it's to educate them. I'm not there to, you know, <laughs> discredit yeah. anybody. But, but uh, one of the biggest things is true orbs, which are probably as rare as demons, you know, mm-hmm. they are believed to be a, a demon or a spirit trying to manifest itself by pulling the energy from the room. So the first I've seen three in my lifetime of 35 years doing this. And the first one I saw was on a demonic case and you can literally feel the energy being sucked out of the room. And you watch this ball of uh, a 3d ball of energy that was glowing, you know, with its own light Mm -hmm. grow from about a golf ball to like a softball right in front of your eyes. Wow. And it drained everything. Every camera went dead. Every recorder went anything that had the lights were flickering. Everything drained, you know, and I tell people all the time, the best evidence is never captured. Oh, <laughs> Unfortunately, it's so true with anything, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the biggest problems in the field is to try to get something like that to show some sort of proof mm-hmm. because it just so often doesn't get captured. Right. Did you have a lot of nightmares after the de- the mnemonic cases? You know, it's funny. <laughs> Not really. I, I was, I've never been one to really have nightmares. Wow. Um, even when I was little, I was big into horror. Yeah. The only, the only movie, funny enough, that ever frightened me was The Exorcist <laughs> when I was little. <laughs> and look what I'm yeah. doing now. I don't know how that transitioned, <laughs> but um, that gave me some nightmares. That still gives uh, I me nightmares. Yeah, I remember waking up holding the bed, thinking the bed was bouncing, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, other than that, honestly, I mean, every once in a while, I, I don't get me wrong. I do have, I guess you could say nightmares where they're involving demonic cases or demons or spirits or ghosts or things like that. But I'm I'm never frightened in them for some reason. Uh-huh. I don't know why. I don't know if that's good or bad, <laughs> but I don't I don't wake up frightened. I think it's probably because you feel safe in your environment and you now protect yourself. Yeah, I I guess. But even, you know, all the, I tell people to the the greatest protection and it doesn't always work. I had something back in October attached to me um, after a public case, which is unusual because I, you know, I'm not one that really believes a lot that stuff gets attached to you all the time. Like all these people come home from all the way. Sometimes it does. You sure. know, but for the most part, I always I always say that some uh, some people believe an attachment is always just the spirit attached to you. I believe a lot of times it's they throw their energy on you mm-hmm. because most of places that are like a public, like for instance, what happened to me was at the Riddle House here in West Palm Beach, uh-huh. uh, one of the most known haunted places. And I've been to the Riddle House many times. I've never ever had an issue. And the things that are at these type of locations that we believe are at these type of locations Mm -hmm. are usually attached to the location. So it's very strange that it would then go follow somebody home because it's attached to that location. It's there for a reason. Right. You know, so sometimes, sometimes they will, but sometimes they will, it's the energy on you, you know, that I think they throw on you. Um, And that was a really weird one. We were actually up in the attic which they don't normally open up to anybody. Uh, this is a team I work with a lot with paranormal. They're great, great people. And um, they have access 
to uh, the Riddle House and the whole yesteryear village there. It's like, I think like 13 homes in there mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. they do like uh, tours for the city and stuff during the day. And, right. and every once in a while they get a, a free one for their, you know, for their team. And they so graciously invite me many times. <laughs> um, and the last time was great because I had never been in the attic because normally they have it closed. Mm-hmm. They won't let people up there because, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a hazard and they got a lot of storage up there and stuff, but it's the main location. Like if you watch ghost adventures, when they were there, all the stuff happened up in the attic. The attic is where this guy, jo- uh, I think it was Joseph hung himself up there. So that's why I say he's kind of attached up there, but we got one of the craziest EVPs I've ever heard in my life because it was 100% clear. There was no question what this was. It was not static. And it actually spoke over the person asking the questions, which I've never heard before. Um, and they were telling it to, for me, they were saying, this guy's never been in the attic before and he's got a new device. So what I want you to do is talk directly to him. But what he said, when he said, what I want you to do, and it was on one of the other guy's recorders, you hear it say straight out, he's dead. And everybody heard it. It wasn't even a question of what we heard. Mm-hmm. Um, I use it a lot of my, uh, you know, lectures now, but, you know, I kind of laughed it off. Uh, but for the next week and a half, I, I was, didn't feel well. I was totally drained of my energy. I had every type of bad luck you can imagine. And I had to get cleansed and blessed to get it off me. So I don't know hundred percent what it was, you know, when you're in these places too, what people don't realize that might not have been this guy, Joseph, that they believe they talked to. Because sure. when you're in a place like that, you're, you're constantly calling things in. Yes. You know, that's, that's why I tell people they, some people don't understand when I say, don't play with your equipment in your home. Oh, I never, ever. Uh, uh, you know, uh, some of these people do, they use their home <laughs> as like practice. No, <laughs> I try, I try no. to explain to them. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I try to explain to them. I say, listen, if you're in your house and let's say there is nothing in your house, but you sit there for three hours using equipment, calling for something, something's going to show up. Oh yeah. Cause it wants to be. <laughs> and and now you got to get rid of it. <laughs> oh, never. I, oh my gosh. That would, that would, oh no. <laughs> Besides the fact that my wife would kill me. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those things. And some people go, that's just dumb. I use my stuff in my house all the time. And you know what? Hey, if you want to use it all for it, but, you know, you're either going to have to wind up getting whatever it is out of there. Yes. <laughs> or you may be calling another team in. <laughs> well, and it's really interesting because something with mediums, you know, they can be walking down the street and if they're not guarded, they're kind of like a beacon. And yes, then the minute exactly. you open that invitation up, they're going to jump right in. Right. And if you're I think <laughs> doing that in I, your home, oh, <laughs> I'm exactly. laughing, but it's not good, but it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I think as an empath, you know, like I said, I can't, I can't speak to them. I, I don't see them. Uh, well, I mean, I have seen them, but it's not like right. I could just go around and see everything walking around, but I can feel their energy and their emotions. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's what I learned when I was really young. I didn't know what it was. And I just knew I was feeling strange things and I didn't know what was going on. But I think because I learned about it without knowing what it was and without everything out there to read on it, you know, because everybody goes down the Google mm-hmm. wormhole there, you know, right? Um, if 
I think I learned how to easily turn it off and on without even knowing because I didn't know what it was then. And I just tried to block it out, you know? Uh So I learned about it later on. And now like, I don't even notice it except for certain times. Like obviously when I go out investigating, but sometimes it's funny. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll feel it through the TV from a show I'm watching. I can Mm -hmm. feel the emotion of the person. It's, it's crazy. I've had people where, they were real nervous in front of me and I started sweating oh, because no. I could feel their, their <laughs> nerves, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I won't go into detail about something in case somebody was listening, but there was a bad incident one time <laughs> with, with somebody that didn't know I could read how nervous they were. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have to tell you off air about that one. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry guys. <laughs> Oh, well, and you know, having those kinds of abilities, you, you always have to be careful with your own health sometimes from my understanding too, because you yes. can take on so much. And yeah. my- I, I don't know about you. There are days I have to come home and I have to sage myself and I have to meditate and get in that better mm-hmm. light because it's not yeah. my emotions. It's somebody else's. Right. My my wife, my wife, it doesn't do uh, any kind of investigating, but mm-hmm. she knows a lot about energy. She works with energy healing. She does feng shui. She does all that stuff. So works with crystals and all that. So yeah. uh, she's constantly doing that to me. And every time she's got to do something with the energy on me, she keeps yelling at me because I don't meditate enough and do things to kind of ground myself. And I leave myself open and I'm pulling in. You got to remember during the day, um, I am, I work in IT. I'm an IT mm-hmm. director. Yeah. But uh, it's at a psychiatric drug and alcohol treatment facility. So, oh my gosh! I and I do interact (laughs) with the patients a lot, and I do am involved with a lot of that stuff. So the energy in that building is a little crazy on its own, you know. So she constantly got to do stuff. She goes when she does the energy, she's like, "This everything's wide open. You're pulling in everybody's stuff, you know." Yeah, and uh, I, I, you know, I don't know as much how to control that but i can shut it off a bit so it doesn't aggravate me (laughs) yeah and sometimes people when they go through all of that they also have things that piggybacked on them yeah you know and some people get and and some people get massive social anxiety like they can't be in crowds you know crowds don't bother me at all i mean you know we just did megacon and you know there was 200,000 people there on just on Saturday Wow, when we were there. And yeah. And we have panels of 500 people with 300 outside trying to get in. And it doesn't, it doesn't affect me. Like I don't notice anything unless I focused on it. Right. You know? So it's, I, I'm lucky I'm, for me. I'm lucky that I'm able to do that. Right. And lucky for you, your wife knows just exactly what you need. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Being like, it sounds like she's like into the healing arts and she's an empath probably as well, I'm assuming. So she probably right. sees but all she, that. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't. But like if I go on a, on a case, whether it's public, private, whatever, uh, usually the next day while I'm at work, she's there saving my clothes, <laughs> my equipment, my bags, anything that was with me. <laughs> you, know? you tell her, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She's always yelling at me with all that. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and I don't blame her because bringing in something would not be good, especially if it was very quiet and sneaky. 
Yes. And <laughs> as you Absolutely. know, some of that stuff is very sneaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, she doesn't like the, she doesn't like the fact that I have anything to do with the demonic stuff. Oh, that yeah. she really doesn't yeah. like at all, you know. That energy. Yeah. For instance, when you do go on an investigation and mm-hmm. do people realize when they work with you that even though there's like a haunting there that might be known, but there's also other things that other people have brought in. Have you experienced that a lot? Yes. Uh, yes, I have. A lot okay. of people don't realize. And, you know, the thing is, whenever you get to a public place that has all its known stories, mm-hmm. the problem with that is, especially when it's something big, like, let's say the Riddle House, you know, yeah. just for example. And I'm, I, I don't mean anything against the Riddle House. It's just an example. Um, everybody says that there's Joseph up in the attic, you know. The problem is when you go believing you you're talking to something very specific that has a long history from that place. There's times that you can kind of self-manifest it yourself, you know, where if you go in and you believe Joseph is in that attic. So I'm going to talk to Joseph and you keep doing EVPs, asking questions. You're eventually going to hear things that maybe aren't fully there. (laughs) Maybe it's a little staticky, but you're interpreting it as something to do with Joseph or hanging or things like that. Right. Um, You know, that's why sometimes we don't ask questions, you know, or I'll have somebody on my team who's a, a, maybe a psychic or or an empath or something that we don't tell them anything about the case before we go in the house Mm -hmm. and let them see what they feel. You know, it, it, it's, it's tough because, you know, again, public stuff is tough because there, there is a lot of stuff brought in. I mean, We've gone to places that have been investigated thousands and thousands of times, you know, and right. and definitely there's no way stuff wasn't brought in there. Yeah. You know, and it can't always be the same person that everybody thinks it is. <laughs> I'm sure you when know. you hear the recording, sometimes it's like a bag of mixed nuts. Yes. <laughs> You're probably like, well, that you makes know, no I, sense. What? <laughs> yeah. And I tell people, you know. I get a lot, a lot of times, especially depending on the recorders you use, if you use the DR60s, which are very known, they yeah. do produce a lot of static garbage, you know, and could it be something? It, it could be. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody really knows. It could be. But unless I can clearly identify it, I don't even consider it a possibility. Right. You know, if you have to sit there going, wait, wait, let me hear it again. Let me hear it again. Let me hear it again. Uh, I'm not sure. It could be this then to me, that's, that's nothing. It could be something, but it's nothing. I, I got to be able to understand it clearly. I would, you know, never do something or tell a client, especially that, oh, okay, we have something because we got some static, you know? Right. <laughs> what is, out of curiosity, what is the most hilarious thing you've ever seen on an investigation? <laughs> that's a good one um, i'm very curious but you have so many years wow, of now you're, gonna, you're gonna make me you're gonna make <laughs> me think about that one because that's something that's really on my mind um i don't know i mean it, a little bit of what i was just telling you about that girl in boca because if you would have seen the way she was acting on the bed as I was going around the room. <laughs> I mean, she was screaming and ranting and yelling like, you know, this was like a, you know, she was trying to have a boxing match. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I've had people that 
sometimes believe it could be aliens, Mm -hmm. which I fully believe in and everything. It's not my expertise, you know, but I've investigated some cases about it, but I've had some people just tell some of the craziest stories I've ever heard. Cause you do have to remember that we do encounter a lot of mental illness and addiction and things along the way with this. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. And people who have a mental illness, you know, whether they're schizophrenic or, or extremely bipolar or something, you, they can, you know, have a very vivid imagination. Oh, yeah. And some of the things they could tell you, like there was, a, there was a lady, um, this was actually funny and heartbreaking at the same time, honestly, mm-hmm. the, this one uh, probably is what you're, you're asking for. <laughs> Believe <Uh-oh>. me. So <laughs> she, she contacted us. Um, she was up in a, like a Northwestern part of Florida, far from where I am. <clears throat> and she was this little old lady. Um, she was like, I, I want to say she was like in her seventies or so, maybe even 80. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And she was a sweet old lady and she was frightened out of her mind because she believed that, you know, she was, had a haunting in her house and she had no family, uh-huh. no, um, no friends, a really not a lot of support system around her either, you know, that could, she could talk to. She went to a church. I don't think the church really, I, I don't know what they were. I want to say it's possible they were Mormons. So there, there wasn't like a lot of help with this. So she contacted us and she would talk to us. And like I said, sweet, bubbly old lady. And, and then she would get, all sad and she'd start telling us these stories she called me sometimes at you know six five or five six in the morning you know and she was freaking out yeah she was freaking out she was frightened and she was panicked because she said there's one time she told me that the ghosts are there they're in three shifts during the day running a restaurant from her house (laughs) and there are people waiting to be served and she doesn't know what to do my gosh. So these are things that, you know, it's very funny in, in one sense, but it's yeah. it's sad in another sense because, you know, let's, let's, you know, put this out there for everybody to understand. Ghosts do not run a restaurant from your house. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't do that, um, at least in not in my experiences. Um, she was even saying that they were using her phone. They were tapping into her phone and her Internet through her fire alarm. Oh my God. What? You know, yeah. And, and everything was disappearing from the house, you know, all her jewelry was gone. All this was gone. So I tried every way to help her, you know, and it, she was far, she was like five hours from us. And uh-huh. um, I knew this, I knew this was nothing, you know, but I'm thinking maybe if we give her a little bit of the placebo effect, you know, maybe it can help her a little bit until she can find somebody to fully help her. Uh-huh. And, um, we sent her like a care package with Sage and Palo Santo and some uh, protection crystals. And I said, when you get this, contact me and I'm going to tell to do. Mm-hmm. And I sent her directions. I sent her everything. And then she got on the phone and she freaked out when she got on the phone because she forgot to tell me that she's on a wired phone to the wall and she uses a walker. So there's no way she could go Sage around her house. Oh, geez. So oh, no. um, then... Then it piqued my curiosity going, okay, if she has no computer, she has no cell phone, she only has a wall phone. How in the hell did she find us? You know, I I was, I was very curious 
as to how this was possible. She said, and I always forget the name of it. But you know how on some health insurances you have um, like a like a general number that you could call and they'll give you, they'll refer you to doctors and dentists and everything in your area. And you could have like a kind of like a caseworker right. helping you find all the people you need. It was that. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, that's what I said. I said, I said, I didn't know we take insurance. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. But I, you know, I finally got her to give me the name and phone number of the lady that she spoke to. Mm-hmm. And I tried to call her to try to get her to get her to see a psychiatrist. Right. But it's, it's a tough thing to do because this lady, I kind of blindsided her. And I said, listen, I work in healthcare. I understand HIPAA you know, laws. So I know you cannot answer and even let me know you know who this person is. I said, but I'm going to say her name and just get her to a psychiatrist. I said, I'm the, the paranormal investigator that was, you know, she was referred to and all this. And she just kept going, uh-huh, uh-huh. I could tell she knew what I was talking about, you know. But this poor lady was suffering for a long time and I haven't heard from her in a long time. I'm just, oh. you know, you hope we, we were at the point, this is the problem we encounter. And it's, it's a tough thing that a lot of people don't realize you have right. to deal with. It comes to the point where, where, what do we do? You have, do we go and trek five hours over there where we know what we do is not going to help her because when we're, we're not going to be able to cure a, a mental illness, you know, oh, yeah. um, but she has no family. She has no friends. So she's actually a danger to herself because who knows she could get so frightened. She could harm herself. So at the, what point do you call adult protective services? You know, so it, it's things like that. I mean, we've had to do that before we've had to call protective services on people that we could tell were being abused by mm-hmm. other people in the hall, you know, and it becomes a very touchy subject and a very, you know, touchy thing because I don't want on one hand you don't want to be the person that's going to leave this old lady in her home to harm herself or kill herself but then you also don't want to be the one that's going to have somebody go there and see that she's maybe not capable and pull her out of her home and put her into some kind of care and mess up her whole life it's a it's a really tough thing to do you know yeah there's a fine line there there is there is and the problem is too I know from I've talked to like a lot of people that do this when people are mentally ill, sometimes they do bring in stuff, but it's so confusing because you don't know what is real at that moment. And there's that fine Mm -hmm. line that, yeah, there probably could be something there, but I can't really help them. Right. And that's the thing that we, we tell them, like we, when we get a a client, the, the first interview, we explain to them, we're going to ask you a lot of personal questions, a lot of things that you may not want to answer or you might not want to tell us or you're afraid to. I tell them it's very important. We know everything. If you've had a mental illness or you have a mental illness or you have a substance abuse problem or you're on a medication, you need to tell us. I said, does it mean we're going to think that's the problem? Because it can be both people with mental illness sometimes are attacked more and and get attachments more than regular people because they're already oppressed, you know, so it can be both, but we need to know what it is to determine because somebody who's schizophrenic is going to hear voices, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, but it's a different type of voice, you know, but we're not going to know that. 
you know, and it's, it's one of the more important things I try to push on people, but some of them are afraid. Some of them are afraid to tell us like, Hey, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm on medication for schizophrenia because they just think we're going to say, okay, well, that's your problem. You're crazy. You know, and, right. and, and that's the last thing we're ever going to do. <laughs> Out of curiosity, Bill, have yes. you, what is probably the smallest, but most, mm, I would say most frightening thing you ever saw that you really never really wanted to talk about for years besides the demonology. Mm. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I've never seen except on the demonic cases. Most of the time is nothing I've ever really seen that was that frightening. I mean, maybe when I was, when I was young, well, all right. There's, I wouldn't say I was frightened, but I was more, this one, I was more like in shock of what I was seeing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I've ever even talked about this one on any podcast. Ever. <laughs> um, it, it's, it, it, there was, um, there was a girl that I knew in high school and she knew I was into horror and paranormal and stuff. I don't think she knew to the, the extent maybe, you know, mm -hmm. um, and she, she told me that she had a, a cousin that she wanted me to, to meet that something happened. Um, and I'm going to tell you only part of this story and I'll tell you why it's, it's actually is a long story and it'll take way too long, but they said, I, so she said one day we'll go to their house. She was, so she got me one day and we went to her aunt's house and we went to go see her aunt and her cousin. Her aunt was there. I didn't see her cousin. And she said, what happened was the cousin was in high school. I think she was like around 16, 15, 16. She had her first boyfriend. They were together for about a year and he was on his way home uh, from, from a, a job. I think, I think he was a couple of years older and he got killed in a car accident. Mm -hmm. And of course she was devastated, you know? Right, yeah. um, but they said they believe he was there and that she was talking to him all the time and stuff. So I came in the house and I said, they didn't know I like was into investigating. They just knew I was into this. So uh -huh. they knew they could tell me without looking at them. Like they were crazy, <laughs> you know, right? anybody else would think they were crazy. So um, I went in the house and they were showing me some photos and they said, I want you to see these. And we we're in the living room where these pictures were taken. They were taken after the, um, the funeral where everybody gathered at the house and was just, you know, kind of hanging out there having some food and, and they had a couch and above the couch was a, um, like a big picture of, I, I, I don't remember. I want, I want to say it was like a, like an, like an ocean scenery, uh -huh. you know? Um, but every photo they were taking pictures of everybody, you know, sitting on the couch and they were one by one, they were taking pictures of most of the you know people there and every photo that they took, you can see the picture clear as day, no matter what angle it was from or whatever. Any picture that she was in, the picture was blanked out and mm. it was kind of like, uh, explain kind of like a white and black kind of look to it. You know, it wasn't a picture. It was just like a blur, right. like, a you know, it was weird. And they said, it's only every photo, either she's in sitting there or she's in frame of the actual photo, you know? Mm -hmm. So then they showed me a photo or multiple photos of the guy before he passed away. Every picture he was in, he wore a white tank top. 
you know, mm. like a wife beater. Right. <laughs> and um, he, every photo he had was that. And then when you look at the pictures again, you can now see that the white and the black blob is actually looks like the shape of uh, a tank top. You know, it was like from the neck, the yeah. neck to the, the section, you know, it, it was it, I don't know, but it, it was, it was pretty weird. And then um, they told me she's in her room that if I want to go by and just kind of peek into the room, you know, and I honestly thought they were setting me up for something. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. It's a little weird. And I felt weird. I don't go peeping in this girl's room. Um, and I, and I looked into the room and I could see her, like she was sitting to the, back of the bed which was against the wall where the door was so she couldn't see me like kind of peeking in but i can hear her talking to nobody you know mm -hmm. and, and she was saying stop she's like come you know come over here come over here and i watched the bed depress like somebody sat on it uh. and it you know again this was this was in 88 or 80 no, the beginning of 89 before i even went on my first case that wow. kind of freaked me out a bit. Took me, you know, I never saw anything. I've seen a, before that I act or no, around time was the first time I ever saw a full bodied apparition, but it was different. This was like a different thing. This, this had a creepy effect because you didn't see anything. You just saw the bed press and that kind of freaked me out a little bit, you know? And then she, right. then she said something, she said something to him and she goes, like, no, forget it, go away or whatever. And he got it. You saw it like lift up and, you know, <laughs> added to my million questions in my head, but also mm -hmm. definitely freaked me out for a, for a little bit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It, you know, again, it, it, the thing is, I didn't know enough back then to even attempt to try to investigate or, or anything. And I don't think they even wanted it. Yeah. They just wanted to be able to tell somebody, you know, and the thing is, the, the, the problem that I realized later on now, if I would have known what I know now back mm -hmm. then I would have stopped it and, and fixed the problem, whether she will, you know, really liked it or not. The problem is when you have somebody like that, that is grieving so bad that they want so much to contact that person who knows who that was sitting on her bed. Right. You know what I mean? We, we don't truly know who that was sitting on her bed. Obviously nothing ever harmed her as far as I know, but that, that's setting up for <laughs> Sorry a big about my problem. Bird. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. But it's, you know, that's setting up for like a, a really, really big issue. Cause yes. you don't know. And honestly, you'll never know if that's him unless you had some kind of, you know, even with people have like code words, you know, but mm -hmm. even like that, it's hard it's hard to understand code words because, you know, demons and things can have a lot of knowledge. Yes. Yes, they can. You know, so they may know the code word. They may know the thing. So it's hard to tell. Wow. I, yeah, that would definitely leave an imprint on the brain, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes. I have so many imprints there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know. I, I, again, like I say, certain ones I, you know, I'll never forget. I, I, I'm, I got a pretty photographic memory, which is yeah. good and bad, you know. Yeah. Um, but I remember most things. But uh, uh, it's, it's the things that the demonic stuff and everything is just stuff you. It's very, very hard to ever get out of your memory. 
Oh, I can't <laughs> imagine. And, you know, that stuff always happens when you don't expect it mm. to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, yeah, two, like I said, two I walked into by mistake. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, the other ones I was called into. But, you know, those people, again, they were people investigating and had no idea what they were about to step foot into, you know. Right. And then had to get help. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, when you do investigations, have you seen any animal spirits? I always ask people this because I'm a big animal fan, of course. You can hear one that won't be quiet, yeah. right, Maggie? Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> um, I've I've had a lot of people that believed it was, you know, um, uh, some kind of animal spirit, you know, their dog, their cat. Um, I've encountered a few things that I believed were animals. I've never confirmed it. You know, looked like it even in my home. My uh, my cat died last year, oh, and there sorry. are times that thank you. But there are times, and I had her. I had her for nineteen years. So Aww. there, there are times that I swear I either hear her or see her out of the corner of my eye. And sometimes I smell the litter box. I'm telling uh-huh. you, <laughs> I'll walk by and I'm like, "What is that?" And and you know, my wife never did and then all of a sudden like a couple of weeks ago she goes I was home during the day and I totally smelt it yeah Kitty's <laughs> I don't revenge. know if I put it in her head or not but <laughs> so yeah I mean there's a lot of people that you know we know animals are, are very intuitive you know but yes um the, the problem is some people will again watching a little too much TV and <laughs> you know I'll get this all the time from people like no, you don't understand. My cat, I believe, is possessed, which I don't personally believe animals can get possessed. But they say my, my cat's possessed. He keeps staring in the corner. I go, I'm thinking to myself, have you ever had a cat? <laughs> that was my awesome. cat will used to stare into the corner. Um, all my they need to do is see an ant up at the ceiling that you can't even see. And they're good yeah. for a couple hours. <laughs> You know, so yes, they can be intuitive and they can sense things and definitely, you know, notice what they're doing, but don't think everything that the animal acts weird is something. Yeah. I mean, cats are amazing and I believe they see things we don't, but yeah, Mm -hmm. if they're standing in a corner, they're usually hunting something. Usually. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, they see good. Especially in the dark, they'll they'll see, like I said, they'll see an ant crawling on the, the ceiling yeah. that you can't see, you know. Exactly. I can remember. Well, I had a black chow chow at one time named Oz. Mm. And um, he had cancer. And oh. and I swear, and he was, a, oh, he was a baby. Like, he is not, not a mean bone in that dog's body. Black from head to toe. He was a gorgeous dog. And right. he... Um, Apparently had passed away in the middle of the night. And I didn't know because when I went down the stairs, I have always put my hand on him and I could feel him going down the steps and I saw him and, and I had another dog named Abby. So I had Oz and Abby and we're all going down the steps and I could hear him and I was petting him and I went downstairs and I turned around because I always got treats before they ate and he wasn't there. Mm. And I was like... Mm. Where do you go? I mean, he was right there. Went upstairs and he had passed away. Mm. 
Yeah. And that See, was, I mean, didn't even think about it. It didn't register until I went upstairs. What just happened? Right. I was like, what? Well, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, a lot of people talk about dreams, you know, a uh, dreams real or some dreams real. I had, mm-hmm. you know, what's the difference with a dream and, and, and sleep paralysis and twilight sleep. And, oh, you know, yeah. there's so many different levels of everything, you know, right. But, I can tell you this, one of the, one of the things that confirmed a lot of my beliefs was I was, um, very close to my grandmother, my mother's mother. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the Italian side of the family. And I, you know, they lived with us all the time and, and I was raised by her as much as my mother, you know, That's fun. so <laughs> she, had, yeah, she had gotten sick with cancer. Um, and this was way back. So it wasn't as many treatments. And she also was one that didn't go to the doctor much. So when they found it, it was far, pretty far gone, you know. But again, I I wasn't like a little, little kid, but I I forget how old I was. It was right out of high school. Um, But it was when I was first really getting into everything. And I knew she was sick, but honestly, in my head, I was not expecting her to go, you Mm -hmm. know, Uh, especially at that time. And I went to sleep and I remember I was, I was sleeping and, I had the craziest dream. It was the most vivid dream I've ever had in my life. And I saw my grandmother. She came walking up to me. She was crying. She was hugging me, telling me everything is going to be okay. You know, uh, it's going to be fine. And and I'm crying because I don't know what's going on. She said she's here to say goodbye. And, you know, Aww. I was hysterical. And I got woken up by my mother who was shaking me. And when I woke up, I was physically crying. Oh. And she woke me up and said, your grandmother just passed away downstairs. So oh. there is n- nobody that can change my mind on that because Absolutely. yes, although she was, you know, you have to look at a lot of things, you know, I, I was sleeping. Uh, she was on my mind. I knew she was sick, but I absolutely did not expect her to go at that time. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think anybody did. And it, it you know, or maybe they knew a little more than me that they were, weren't telling me, you know, but um, that's one of those things that there's nothing that in this world that could change my mind from that was her actually coming and saying goodbye. Yeah, no, I, I oh, yeah, I 100 percent believe that they do that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so what is new for you? What is coming up for you? Um. So I have, uh, well, I have a lot of uh, conventions and stuff that I'm still, I can't announce yet because I'm still waiting on confirmations, you know, uh-huh. a lot of them take a while to get back to you. <laughs> um, one thing for sure I can tell you is uh, the Phantasm Horror and Paranormal Convention in Orlando, uh, September 15th to the 17th. I will be one of their celebrity guests along with, this is going to be great because I also work a little bit with them. so. Um, I'm trying to help build more paranormal into the convention. Uh-huh. So this year, this year, like last year, we're actually going to have Chris McKennell, who's oh, the grandson wow. of Ed Lorraine Warren. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Joe Frankie, who worked with the Warrens for 40 years. So wow. they will be there. Yeah, they're going to be a guest also. And um, we'll be, you know, we'll be there with the typical autographs and I'll have all my equipment and all our stuff. And we'll be doing a lot of panels over the weekend. This one, we do a bunch of panels and Chris and Joe will also be doing panels combined with me. And they'll also be doing some without me that talk a lot about like the true stories behind the conjuring movies and, Mm -hmm. and 
haunting in Connecticut and all these, because the haunting in Connecticut was actually, a, uh, I think, one of, one of Chris's cases. So um, he was involved. He, he investigated with them since he was 16. So there's if you're into paranormal or horror or anything like that, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff uh, at that convention for us. Um, that sounds fun. I wish I was close. Yeah. I'd be there. Or not. I love that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of um, uh, we get, a, especially in October and stuff, we get a lot of local places like um, mm-hmm. I believe it's October 21st. I'll be at the uh, Coconut Creek Library here that we do a show. And uh, these are free shows, which are great. And we, we usually it's not like a time like when you're going to do a panel at a convention, we get 45 minutes. You know, right, I could talk yeah. about a pen. I could talk about a pen for forty-five minutes. So, <laughs> when when we do the panels at like the libraries, we have a lot of my team there, and we'll we'll usually go for two three hours. And a lot of it is entertaining, and a lot of it is educational. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to educate everybody on it, but you know, make it fun at the same time. Um, and I believe on the, I want to say the seventh and the fourteenth of October, going to be somewhere in Miami. Just not sure yet. They're going to be Miami libraries. <laughs> oh wow. So you are busy. Um, that's yeah, I have a lot, but that's the only things that are fully confirmed so far. Uh, so how do people get a hold of you? Well, you could go to my personal site, which is billslevin.com. It's B I L L S L E V I N.com. Um, you, my team site, if you need help, also is com. Um, all my social media, including my, my, uh, new public, uh, figure page on Facebook is all at Slevin paranormal. So, uh, the YouTube, which is, oh, that's something new. Oh yeah. YouTube has been talked about forever. And I get yelled at all the time, even by people (laughs) at the conventions. Where's your YouTube? Why don't you have a YouTube? I don't have the time. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm trying to make the time for it. Now we actually started it. There's like a header there and we're getting like the, opening like trailer together soon. Um, it's going to be very, very different than a lot of stuff you see out there. There are going to be some investigations. There's going to be interviews. There's going to be educational videos, um, possibly stories, uh, just haunted locations, maybe uh, information about them. It's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of different things. It's going to be a whole, you know, paranormal, you know, thing, not just investigations all the time. So right. um, we're, that should be starting fairly soon. And again, that and Instagram, everything is all Slevin Paranormal at, at Slevin Paranormal. So um, that's the easiest way to find me uh, and, you know, my website. And there's yeah. always on the websites and everything, it, there's contact forms and there's emails and, you know, or you could get me at, at Bill at BillSlevin.com. Ah, Bill, I want to thank you for coming on. You're such a joy. I just love talking to you. <laughs> Yeah, I had such a great time. Thank you again so yeah. much. I hope, you know, it would be a fun show to do yeah. is to bring your wife on with yeah, you. we could do that. That would be a lot Absolutely. of fun because I always like to hear, and I haven't had a chance to hear how the spouses handle all this <laughs> and the paranormal. Yeah, she'll, yeah, she'll tell you because like I said, she doesn't investigate. She supports me in what I do, Yeah, but she doesn't investigate. Um she she makes candles with crystals and she does oh, she's, she's a sounds- feng shui consultant awesome. yeah yeah she's a licensed feng shui consultant and she works with energy and everything so oh i'd love um, to have learned you a lot about, together yeah i've learned a lot about energy from her <laughs> okay well tell her tell her for me thank you so much for sure. giving up time with you tonight for this interview and let her know that you know i'd love to have her on again with you sometime maybe in september i think that would be so much fun sure. 
Sure, absolutely. Awesome, Bill. Thank you again so much. You have a wonderful night. 